docu series utilized to capture the raw prison experiences of ex-offenders who have now revitalized their lives and become productive members of society. I myself have had the experience of being incarcerated and it changed my life forever. Instead of allowing prison to break me, I use it to my benefit and it forced me to become revolutionary. And with that, I give you with time we can. Peace and blessings, good people. We back with another episode of With Time We Can. This week, I wanted to do it a little different. I know you guys are used to hearing the stories of ex-offenders and their redemption stories. But this week, I wanted to bring on, a lot of you guys don't know, that this is my engineer, Dylan. What's going on, bro? Man, thanks for having me on. It's... uh. It's awesome to be be on this uh, on the other side of the camera. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, Dylan actually does uh, you know a hundred percent of my videos. We met through a mutual friend um, before with time we can even took off. You know, I actually has another organization that was helping me with with time we can, and at the last minute they told me that I couldn't do it. Dylan saw the saw the calls and gave me his card and and told me to call him. At first, I thought he was crazy. I'm like, what what is this this white dude know about incarceration and all that? But, uh, you know, for the grace of God, you know, I look past um, everything and I just, he just gave me a warm and and a warm personality and he was genuine. And I felt like, you know, I wasn't at a time where I could really dictate who I add on. I just needed somebody that I knew that I could rely on. And we've been, you know, very close friends ever since, man. So thanks. Yeah, I know you said thanks for having having you here, but thanks for being here, man. It means a lot to me. Absolutely, man. So with this episode, um, we just wanted to get a different perspective. Um, you know, Dylan obviously is a white American male. And, you know, I just wanted to see what his life was like in his neighborhood, in his realm of things. And, you know, just get his side on how it is to be white in America. So let's just get started, man. Let's jump right into it. Um, so tell me about like, you know, your childhood. Like, where'd you grow up? Where are you from, man? Like family structure, all of that. Um, so I grew up in a small little town called Gerritsville. Um, it's, it's about an hour and a half Northwest from Philly, mm-hmm. um, you know, from Philly, head northwest towards Allentown and you'll, you'll hit Pottstown, you hit Gerbertsville, you hit Boyertown. Um, probably Pottstown is the closest uh, town that some people may know. Mm-hmm. That was the closest one to me. But um, Gerbertsville, really small town, went to high school in Boyertown and um, there, especially in the high school, um, not many people other than white, um, maybe five, maybe five people in my class that were not white. Wow, um, really? Graduating class, yeah. And you're, so, oh, yes, you're graduating class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. So, um, you know, not having that inclusion mm-hmm. can really change the perspective of, of someone, mm-hmm. you know, not aware. Um, right, right, right. Just not being around different types of people can totally change the perspective of someone. 
So it was like safe to say maybe 98, 99% black people, I mean, white people, excuse me, in your school, in your neighborhood. So yeah. you didn't have a lot of inclusion, diversity yeah. in your in your childhood. Definitely. So how is that like, man? I mean, going, I'm sure, was it racism yeah. around your area? Yeah, um, um, especially in Bordertown, it was, it was known um, as a pretty, um, you know, pretty forward KKK um, oh. town, um, a lot of people involved with it. Uh, this, this was before my time, before I was yeah, born, really. Yeah. Um, you know, early 90s and, and before um, mm-hmm. the KKK was pretty um, apparent in, in town. They would um, they would have parades down the main strip, um, you know, full gowns, a full wow. parade of the wow. Ku Klux Klan through <clears throat> through my hometown, uh, and it, it's uh, it's insane. <laughs> um, but but since then, definitely a lot has changed, and I've seen so much growth in in the town. Um, still a lot of white people which is which is okay but a lot more inclusive i feel like a lot more welcoming and um okay i i only see growth since since i've been there which is great yeah so you know <laughs> you blew my mind about the whole uh the, the kkk um i for one have never experienced firsthand the kkk but uh you know what is it like just living like knowing that they're there like did they come to your school or did they you know or they open at the supermarkets and stuff like i i have no idea about like just the first hand i hear stories i see movies but just talking to somebody that grew up it's like it's very yeah. interesting yeah um you know i never really saw anyone in in a robe or anything like that or um you know that they were usually pretty quiet about things but you know, I've been approached by someone that was like gave me their business card, and it was like Klux Klan, and he was like, "Join us, and you wow. know, join us for a meeting." And how old were you when this happened? I was I was in high school, and it was a wow. fellow student mm. that was already involved at you know sixteen. Sixteen, you know, whatever already in high school that. He was already involved with it, whether it was through his family or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine growing up like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, that family, those families that were, are, or were involved with that, probably have been involved with. Yeah. With it for generations. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So it, it's hard, it's hard to tell, and. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was uh, in high school and, and growing up. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I knew they were still, um, you know, having meetings or whatever. But there was, we knew like the location that they would meet. It was, you know, on a certain hill in town, and oh. they they would have fires and you know all kinds of. We knew it was still happening, but they didn't make it as public, which it yeah, is what it is. Yeah, that's that's real scary, man. Um, well. On a brighter note, man, um, how was your how was your home life? Like, let's you know, let's KKK. Let's you know, how was your home life though? Yeah, um, you know. I, I'm 
totally lucky to have a um, you know to have had the family that I've had and um, to grow up the way I did and uh, you know with mom and dad and mm-hmm. I have a brother older brother and um, my parents got divorced when I was I think uh, 15 mm-hmm. my mother took care of me and my brother and mm-hmm. you know made us into the people that we are today and uh, wow, I, I couldn't have asked for a better parent for better guidance you know wow. from, from my mother that's admirable man yeah and um, you know I see a lot of myself in my dad um, mm-hmm. just everything from the way that we talk and uh, you know everything so there was a lot of things I saw in my dad that held too many like conservative values mm-hmm. um for me to say that he wasn't racist would be wrong, but um, he wasn't, you know, outwardly racist towards people. It was those qualities that I wanted to distance myself from. Mm, you know? Yeah, like it was like a, you know, it was one of those things where you didn't even realize it was happening. Yeah. It just kind of being around him for 15 years, some of those conservative values, I'm better or these people are less it rubbed off in a way and that's what you wanted to distance yourself from. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly okay. That. I can understand that, man. And I, I, like I said, I respect the hell out of you for even real being able to realize that mm-hmm. at such a young age and then being like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that. Like, if that's how you think I'm going to break the generation of curse right here. Like that's exactly. it. Yeah. Uh, what type of woman was your mom, man? What type of job she had or, yeah, um, she she worked in my elementary school that I went to, and um, she she was a for over twenty years a special needs uh, aide. She worked with special needs students, oh, nice. and um, you know, going well in a way, going into work with her every day, going to the same school, yeah. and seeing that my mom was part of helping students and teaching students right right really like motivated me to be if i had the opportunity to help someone else i'm gonna i'm gonna take that um that jump right 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 she she um she was a big factor in me wanting to get involved with um you know bringing people together yeah like diversity stuff exactly yeah okay well, shout out to your mom, man. Like she's she sounds like a hell of a lady, yeah. you know. She she really like put this planted the seed in your head to just try to be different. Um, yeah. Going back to your school, man. Yeah. Um, in high school, being around a bunch of conservative white kids, you know, uh, not a lot of black kids in your school at all. Yeah. How do you separate yourself from that way of thinking? Like your mom planted the seed in your head, but to be different. But the majority of your community in your school at large is, oh, we're white and we're better. How, like, what, what types of things that you do to distance yourself from that? In high school, um, I was part of a another group called uh, No Place for Hate. And mm-hmm. with that, it was uh, maybe like 20 students or so. We would take classes with the Anti-Defamation League and we would take that training and do classes for the underclassmen, nice. teach them nice. diversity and how to be inclusive. And, okay. um, nice. That that 
was also a major change in high school. Just to, you know, for the student body to see a group of students Who's devoting, a, yeah. you know, a, a section of their time to working with other people and to purposely bringing people together. Right, so, right, right. As, now, are you like a founding father of that organization? Yeah, my class was one of the first, I'm pretty sure we were the first year to start all that. Um, wow. At least all the training and everything, and then actually teaching other, other yeah, students. Yeah, that's dope, which, man. Yeah, I, I was so lucky to be part of that, and you know, springing those moments with me for the rest of my life. That right, right, right. This is this is what I want to do with my life. You know, making people come together. Now, is that? organization that you were a part of is this still around like oh, place yeah. for hate is it still in the schools and doing yeah stuff? yeah i'm pretty sure they're still doing like the same program nice um, okay yeah they they are still considered a no place for hate school you know i think before i started but um that's, that's a major part of their their school district is uh no place for hate just like that that title that's dope, man. That's dope. Well, I do. I, I, I like that, man. I like that. And it, it's funny because this probably was a spinoff of a, not a spinoff, but in, you know, in direct connection to the Ku Klux Klan being around. So they're like, OK, like these kids need to get something more positive going on in the school. So that way these KKK members aren't drafting them at a young age. Yeah. So I I like that and, and uh, I'm glad that you, you know, I get to sit down and speak to one of the founding members of that. All right, so that's what I wanna talk about uh, the incarceration piece now. You know, large part of our, um, you know, uh, movement as you know with Time Weekend is about, you know, the raw prison experiences of people that are ex-offenders. So with you, you've never been to prison, but you lived by one of the biggest state penitentiaries in Pennsylvania, which is Greater for State Prison, which is now closed and moved over to a state correctional institution at Phoenix, which is right next door, which is even bigger than Greater for. So my question to you is, uh, so how is that like? I know you had to see so many prison buses coming up there to greater for dropping people off and the yard and all those thousands of men outside like what was it like how did you feel seeing that yeah um i never really got close to you know the area but you know even just driving by uh just knowing that there were so many lives that were stuck there wow um, it just yeah mm -hmm. seeing buses coming in and out in and out all the time yeah um yeah i i didn't really have any family or no no that many friends or anyone that have been to prison so in a way i am very disconnected from that that feeling of mm -hmm. ha not having someone there or not having a life or having a life in prison. Mm -hmm. So I, I, uh, I can't speak for anyone, you know, that has gone through that, but being aware that that was always close by, you know, it keeps in the back of your mind, like there are so many people's lives being affected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
I can only imagine, man. Um, I'm from Jersey, as you know, and I grew up around uh, New Jersey State Prison, which is huge, but it is not even in comparison to Greaterford State Prison. And I used to ride by South Trenton and see that big building. And I used to feel the same way, like, wow, so many people are in that building. I ride past that same state prison in the middle of Trenton, New Jersey, and feel the same way. Like, to this day, I'm just like, wow, like, I can imagine how many people are in the thousands of people that are in there, plus the thousands of people that are related to those people that are in there. And if they have victims, those families are affected. So all those men and women that are in that building, that it's just, it's just, it's it's, it's like a nightmare, you know, it's like a, and you know, Graterford, I've seen, I've seen it up close. and that's like a dungeon, man. It's not even a, a, a building. I'm like, wow, this building is like bigger than my college, yeah. you know? And I'm just like, you know, just knowing that our state invested all that money into that prison and then made an even bigger prison next door to add more people in there. I'm just like, good Lord, man. Um, but, you know, it is what it is and that's what we're here for. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, man, um, you got any like stories that you want to, you know, just like stories about, you know, just being white in Philly, white in, you know, your hometown, like, you know, just any like cool stories you would like to tell the viewers. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's a couple different stories that, um, you know, made me realize different things. Um, you know, back back in my hometown, there was a um, a street that my friend lived on, um, and again, primarily all white white people, um, and they had, I believe, a Muslim family moved into the street there, mm. and um, sadly, a, um, a a burning cross was left on on their yard. Um, you know, when they moved in. Wow, and uh, that, that's uh, yeah, wow. quite, quite the welcoming yeah. uh, all because so, they're Muslim. Yeah, yeah. So another stories that I have um, back in maybe 2014, right around that time, I was mm-hmm. in Philly, um, and I was taking the subway. I was in Meeting uh, Station, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. going yeah in, in Kensington the best part of the city um i was with a friend um you know two white people me me and my friend and um we were i was faced towards like uh the doors so i wasn't really facing the people behind me uh there's a there's a black man there and he um he was going off he was just yelling going off about racism about white folk and you know I, I wasn't really paying attention to him I was just trying to let him do yeah, his thing yeah as you should yeah <laughs> yeah stay yeah. out the way yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um mm-hmm. so I was just letting him do his thing and then totally out of nowhere um he sucker punched me in the back of the head uh what? totally out of nowhere out of just 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 you didn't say anything to him. Uh, he my just back hit was you. turned to him. Yeah, what? my back was totally turned to him. Wow. He he was going off about white people, and I was 
probably the closest white person to him and Jeez. wanted to get that anger out. Wow. Um, and so he hit me in the back of the head. My head went forward, hit one of the standing poles on the subway. Mm. And so like, I, I uh, was not there for a couple seconds. <laughs> that is crazy. It's absolutely one of the craziest moments of my life, for sure. Um, <laughs> wow. And when I did come to and I saw everybody around, everyone else on the subway, they were white people, black people, Hispanic people, you know, it, you know, anybody from Philly, you know. Yeah. Everybody just like got up and were pulling weapons out. Pulling what? Them, I guess this guy that hit you? Yeah, standing wow. up for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I totally remember like just seeing a, a guy pulling a whole machete out of his pants. <laughs> like, what? you always see that shit in Philly, man. <laughs> like, the craziest oh, thing. Oh, man. And, um, so at that moment, I was totally like, wow, like, yeah, these random people have my back for yeah. no reason. That, I mean, they saw, like, this guy, you know, didn't have a reason to target me specifically, but, like, it was then that I saw, like, there's, for every one, whether I want to call him racist or, you know, for one hurting man, there was 10 great people that were willing to stand up for someone else. That's, that's dope. Yeah, I like that, that totally like opened my eyes to like, mm -hmm. there's a lot less racist people yeah, than, than, than racist what we should assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, dope. Man. Yeah. So how did it, you know, how do you feel about the guy who hit you? Yeah. Um, even at that time, you know, I was kind of, cloudy you know after the fact but even at the time i was like i don't know what happened in his past but regardless if i was a black man i would probably have the same anger maybe i wouldn't have taken it out physically on someone but mm -hmm. i i understand that a lot of people that aren't white or a lot of people that are a minority in some type of way have anger and, and they can't be blamed for that for something wow. that they don't have control over wow wow and this man i i want to veer off just for a second like this is the reason why like i feel so blessed to have you because of your mentality and perception you got assaulted by a black man in a town that you're not from minding your own business all because of the color of your skin. A corrupt mind could have easily said, you know what, fuck all black people, N-word this, N-word that, you know. Now, now I don't care if police brutality, I don't care about mass incarceration. Yeah. But the fact that you were able to like be conscious enough to say, you know, this black man is hurting. You know, this person, you may really went through some stuff with white people. And unfortunately, I had to be the one, but it, it just seemed like it more, it taught you and it elevated you. And like, I have to, as a black man, I have to respect that. I have to give you respect and praise because there's so many people that that might happen to. And it's just the total opposite. You know what I'm saying? Like us as black people, we get, you know, 400 years of slavery 
And then after, you know, slavery, indentured servitude, where we don't have any money, we don't have any education or knowledge to make it in the world. So we work for the same people who enslaved us because we, that's all we knew for the last 400 years. Our culture, customs, completely gone throughout the uh, American, Afri African slave trade. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm a black man and I know that black people come from the continent of Africa, but I can't even tell you what continent or what country on the continent of Africa that I come from because my ancestors, that, that was wiped out. You know what I'm saying? When we came here, we were, we were forced to learn their language. We were first forced to learn their everything. You know what I'm saying? So to, 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 for you to know that, you know what I'm saying? And to, to say that I, I like, again, man, I really appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for being just that mature about the situation. Um, and, you know, just being a, a part of a greater cause. So another question I always wanted to ask you, man, uh, you know, now that we on the topic, it's like, why with time we can? Like, what about, you know, the movement, mass incarceration with time we can achieve? You know, you could fill in the blank after can with anything you want. Mm -hmm. What, why, why this organization that you chose to devout your, 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 your time and energy to help me push this agenda? Yeah, um, I, I mean, even in the title itself, I think it tells so much. Um, it, it does kind of leave it open-ended to think about what a little bit of time can do for someone, you know? Mm -hmm. But not, not even, I mean, time as in any sense, whether it is yeah. jail time or if it is spending time with someone that isn't like you. Right. You know, that, um, having an opportunity to, um, to work on these shows and to be a part of this is, is, uh, a lot bigger than, than what we could even perceive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the amount of people that do watch these shows are exposed to stories that they would never, you know, be exposed to. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it's only until someone can understand someone else's struggle that they right. that they can respect someone else you know someone else's uh hardship you know? yeah yeah like you couldn't have said it better you know you're actually one of the founding fathers of what time we came to you know what time we came really took off when i met you <laughs> so i feel like um you know when i when i met you it kind of propelled the 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 initial um the initial purpose of with time we can it was for you know guys who've been incarcerated that allowed the the state that they were incarcerated in or the county that they were incarcerated in to speak for them and i wanted to create a platform for them to speak for themselves and tell their own story but, you know, over the course of time, I realized that with time we can, can be utilized for any situation. Like even with this situation, with time, me and you created this platform, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it doesn't matter. And I just wanted to like really let the viewers know that, you know, with time we can is, is, is for people that are ex-offenders, but it's also for 
individuals who may be in law enforcement, you know, a police officer that needs his story heard or a judge or a lawyer that needs their story heard or a correctional officer or superintendent or a warden or, you know, uh, a, a med tech that worked in a prison that need their story heard. You know what I'm saying? Like just uh, cre- I wanted to cre- we wanted to create a space. So that's why we felt it necessary to have this interview so that way Dylan and I can explain and you can see the diversity even in this small platform you can see the diversity that you know we both trust each other we work well we're, we we like brothers we always talking and you know we're we we're creating something very special for the people um so I guess with that said man I want to ask you one last question you know what I'm saying Usually I end off every episode on a note where I ask the ex-offenders to give advice to the younger generation coming up, give advice to, you know, let them know that this isn't the way to go. I'm a living testament that prison is very much real. Stay away, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what I want you to do is um, answer a two part question for me. One, what what advice would you give to um you know, white America that wants to be involved in the revolution of diversity, but doesn't know how because they don't have that background with the living in the city and poverty, and they might feel a little disconnected. Mm-hmm. Number two, what advice would you give your, you know, your your um, younger guys that are coming up behind you? You know, I don't know if you have any nieces and nephews or little cousins that. You know, maybe you want to be influential. What would you tell them? Yeah. Um, first, um, and it goes for anyone, is um, be true to yourself first. And, um, you know, when you trust yourself first, then you realize that everything else is a lot bigger than you. Um, there's so many. Um, opinions out there, there's so many um, prejudices um, that it's until you um, have different experiences with different people that it opens your eyes to the reality of human nature. Mm -hmm. Um, For speaking to other white folks in America or around the world, um, white people have to realize that their time happened um, and we're in a time now that there isn't um, the inequality that is today is continued from people not standing up for those disenfranchised um, it's until you make the conscious choice yourself that I am white and I have a sort of power that I can use for good. If I, you know, I grew up in a town that I was already put that much further ahead than someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, if I use that momentum for good, then it might, it might pay off again. It might mean something. Mm-hmm. So if you if you find yourself in a sort of situation that 
um, that you can do the right thing, you have to make that that right choice. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice, man. Well, you know, couldn't say the best, man. You know, um, just want to say thank you, man, for being on the show and, uh, you know, showing the world who the with time we can't engineer is, man. This was actually uh, one of the better episodes. Very diverse episode. Yeah. Um, I got to say mad respect for, for you, Brian, because bringing me on the show, totally outsider, I no experience in a penitentiary <laughs> or anything like that, but yeah. it is getting as many different perspectives on the situation that we we, we become united in that sense, right. understanding each other. Okay, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, my hopes with this episode and this organization, but specifically this episode, is to, um, you know, allow people to feel comfortable. You know, allow individuals, whether white, black, Chinese, Indian, don't matter, you know, that uh, with time we can is open to the public. You know, I want we want people to feel comfortable to come on this platform and just share their story, man, on their perspective around to the topic of mass incarceration or, or, or even beyond that. You know, so again, man, I thank you. Thank you. Let's get the work, man. You know, with time we can. Another episode in the books. We out.